so even on the way here, I was like praying and thinking about like, I kind of believe now that when someone takes that step to go into their story, that that's like a super holy thing, mm. like super sacred, super like amazing yeah. because that's hard. It's really hard to look inward and to go, I'm going to look at the past and how painful that was. Like mm. nobody does that for fun. Nobody yeah. chooses that, you know, mm-hmm. everyone who comes in my office is like, really don't want to be here. And I'm like, yeah, I know this sucks, <laughs> right? Like nobody <laughs> wants to be here. And yet there's more for you, right? Yeah. Than just this, what you're sitting in. Let's start the show. Welcome to For the Sake of Phoenix, a podcast by Missio Day Communities, where we discuss how a community of God's people can learn to grow in God's ways for the sake of our city. I'm Chris Preby. I'm one of the hosts and one of the pastors of Missio Day Phoenix. We believe the Bible tells one unified story, and it's the true story of the whole world, a story that moves from creation to restoration, where Jesus is the hero and the church is invited to join in his redemptive work. Before I go any further, let me introduce you to my friend, co-pastor, and co-host of the show, Anthony Suarez. You can be known by the creator of the universe and deeply loved. And we as the church are to be an expression of that. We are to be the mediator, the ambassador, the expression of God loving his people. I think we're good now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Take two. Thanks for joining us for this episode for the sake of Phoenix. This is our second attempt at recording it. And we are here with a longtime friend of mine that I've known over half of my life now, Noel Davi. Uh, I've known Noel for over 20 years now. And so is my wife, Bethany. She's a very, very close and amazing friend of ours. She's also part of the Missio Day communities family. And so she's a member of Missio Mesa and lives in Mesa with her husband, Michael, and is starting her own practice as a counselor. So thanks, Noel, for joining us. Yeah, really excited to be here. Yeah. Chris has known you for a long time, but I haven't, I just met you. And so for the sake of me and uh, the people listening, why don't you tell us just a little bit about who you are and maybe why you got into counseling and kind of that journey and God's calling on you and calling you into that field. Yeah. So I feel like I never expected to be a counselor. That's just a fact. Um, I feel like art became a gateway to counseling hmm. for me, a, a gateway to healing. Um, so a big part of my story is, um, just that the arts were a natural way for me to process pain. Um, and I didn't realize how much pain I had until I was in my twenties. Um, and till I fell apart, basically serving, doing the things that I felt like God was calling me to. Um, and I started to really bump into a lot of the chaos and pain in my own life internally. People may not have even been aware how much I was falling apart. Um, I was serving at neighborhood ministries at the time and just feeling like, wow, I'm not able to do the things I norm- I normally do. Um, there's some internal barriers. There's a lot of pain coming up and I feel, feel crazy, mm. um, which is very common for trauma. Um, 
And so at that point, I was desperate enough to go to a counselor. (laughs) Um, And before that, though, I was doing a lot that was creative. And I was I've been a singer songwriter for a long time. And that's been a really amazing outlet in my life. Um, Have had a lot of community to just discuss life with and who God is. Um, But I've Looking back, I realized there hasn't been a lot of room to talk about pain in these certain ways mm. um, in the church and in these different communities. And so um, definitely at Neighborhood Ministries, there was a, a, a unique um, space to talk more about pain. And I think it really helped bring all mine up really, mm. really big. Um, and so actually a lot of people on staff there were in counseling too. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who needs help, you know? <laughs> um, but um, through that journey, even because I, even though I loved singing and songwriting um, and that was such an outlet at one point, that wasn't helpful when I was in counseling. So when I fell apart, I, I couldn't perform in that way. I couldn't connect with the things that um, worked for me in other ways. Mm. So I think I was maybe performing too much and it just connected to other parts of my life too much that it felt like um, it was just disconnected. So I needed a space to be more messy. And so art was very natural for that for me. Um, I had friends encourage me to just collage or draw about it. And my counselor encouraged me and... Um, so I spent a lot of time really being messy in my house with art supplies and not knowing what I was doing, um, and finding a lot of language and peace Mm. afterwards. So after that experience, I think I really had a different concept of the need for that space as I kind of grew and what helped me find language and sift through different things. So I continued my healing journey um, in more of a group setting with a ministry called Mending the Soul. And that was amazing because um, it was another layer of realizing that I'm not alone in life. I'm not alone in this struggle to heal. (laughs) I'm not alone in how these symptoms um, show up because of what sin does. Um, There was a lot of biblical language connected with um, just the need for healing in our culture and in, um, in life that, you know, so many people face. So I think it just really gave me that like fuller picture of like, this isn't just me with my family and my, you know, needs. This is like, um, there's so much space here to connect in this and grow in this together. Um, so I grabbed a ton of language from that, really loved that journey. It deepened so many relationships and community, um, led some groups after that. Um, but never thought of myself as like, I'm going to be a counselor ever. (laughs) Um, did some nonprofit stuff with the arts because I love that. And that felt really natural to like focus on the art piece and Mm -hmm. inviting youth to have a voice through the arts. Um, and then that just with the economy just became really difficult to sustain. And as that was kind of petering out, um, had some people speak into my life and say, you should really consider being an art therapist. Mm. And I was like, maybe, you know, and praying about it and really feeling like God was actually nudging me in that direction and, and wondering like, how would I do that? How would I go from being this person that's been healing for a long time to being someone who helps people heal? Like, what? 
<laughs> so to me, that felt like, I, I don't know. That's gonna like have to a thing. Be healed 100% first before you can offer right? that to someone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you must be totally put together, right? Right. And nope. Right. Nope. We're all still Well, feeling. that's even, so just to briefly interject yeah. on your story, knowing you during that time, um, I said this on our first take of the recording, didn't make it on this one, that Noelle was one of my youth leaders for a short time, <clears throat> which is weird now, but, um, <laughs> but so like knowing you through that process, but not knowing all of the story at the time being like someone who was like, Oh, she was one of my youth leaders. Like I had this image of you being, you, you had it figured out, right? Like, uh, I'm a mess, but Noelle knows what she's doing. And uh-huh. so, and I remember that season where like you stopped doing music for a while. Um, and I was just like, Oh, how, that's weird. How come she's not, she's so good. Why isn't she playing anymore? You know? And then like, you started doing this art and I was just like, Oh, Noelle's great at everything. Like she can sing and <laughs> write songs and now she can paint, you know, like what the heck. <laughs> um, so it's cool to hear like that, that full part of the story of like, this was coming through like me healing and, and this process of, you know, addressing my pain and working through that. And, but like how the Lord was constantly using that, not just for you, mm-hmm. but for other people and yeah. being able to see you use that, that process of your healing for, uh, you know, working with you a little bit with the rag collection, like using that to do some art therapy for youth. Yeah. Like you weren't, like credentialed at the time no (laughs) but lots of experiments yeah and and you were doing that though it was Mm. art therapy for a lot of people like they were finding healing Mm. through your own process too and so it's really cool just seeing that's a long way of me saying and affirming like god uses us in our brokenness totally to help bring healing to other people too totally yeah and i think this is a part of my story that I feel is really important now that I didn't know and I've been finding language for lately is a, I think a lot of people in American society um, actually survive their pain pretty well um, or it looks like they are um, by performing. Mm. So I think there's a lot of ways that people push through, they work hard they attend to others and yet they're not able to be present with themselves. Mm. And that's what I felt for a long time. Like this disconnect, like I'm able to pay attention to you and look at you and ask you stuff, but I can't feel anything about me. Yeah. And so that looks really good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, you know, it can pass as thriving. It can pass um, a lot of external tests, but yeah. If you ask someone who's functioning that way how they're feeling about themselves, they really can't answer very well. Mm. And so that's something that um, I find has really been helpful for me as I became a counselor, like to realize, oh, wow, like. Thankfully, God created us in all these ways where we can be wounded and we can keep functioning (laughs) like that's amazing. We can survive so many things, but at some point we have to start being able to connect to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully we get desperate with that. And I think he actually kind of stops us in our tracks a lot with just how he created our systems to work that mm. we're like, we will just start to fall apart. And that's actually a good thing because <laughs> we, we need something more. Yeah. We need a deeper connection, not just to function and do all the things for others, but mm. to really feel 
fully human and fully alive. I've real I feel like God has actually led me into this field very purposefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like I really belong in this field yeah. um, because of my story yeah. and the healing I've um, healing journey I've been on. The thing that you might have at first thought like would disqualify you from being in the field is the very thing that yes places you there intentionally. Totally. Yeah. So now I actually work with PTSD a lot. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I re- I recognize, oh, that's because I lived it. Yeah. Like, oh, because I get it. Mm-hmm. I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. Didn't know that that's what it was for a long time. But now um, the language just comes so naturally and yeah. it's really easy to recognize. It's mm-hmm. easy to attend to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm not scared of it because I've also already gone through the darkness yeah. of my own story. And I have so much deep hope for people because I've been able to enter that place with, with Jesus. Yeah. And knowing that there's more than just the pain waiting for us, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's not just an endless pit of pain. It's actually like a tunnel and we have to go through it and we'll mm. get to light. And mm. um, I love that image of just like there's, there's no way out but through. Yeah, so you start uh, getting into art therapy, and uh, what's so? What's your like? What schooling did you do, and all that? Yeah, so I went back for my master's at Ottawa University uh-huh. and did a concentration in expressive arts therapy, um, which was awesome. Just a lot of learning about how um, the different tools relate to process mm-hmm. and what you can do with that process that opens things up, right? Yeah. Like. How can you play and explore and um, even just enter space with yourself mm. um, in a way that's maybe a little bit easier? So I really believe that art is meant to relax us yeah. <laughs> and be playful. So it's not like, okay, here's an art test. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> um, it's really meant to be like a tool of like, okay, I don't know where to start. How I use it with clients is, okay, if you don't know where to start, let's maybe start with a color, right? Mm. Like let's start with something super simple and maybe we're just checking out our emotions today with colors and shapes Mm -hmm. and there's no wrong way. If this leads you to a different idea. Awesome. Like I trust, I trust how God made your brain. I trust the process. I trust that what needs to come up comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, we're kind of finding out together where we're going. Um, but a lot of times the truth comes up. Um, and art tends to be like a very, um, safe, playful, experimental space Hmm. to just notice what's inside without even knowing that that's what you're doing. Yeah. So 
I had a conversation this morning with, uh, I met with a few friends of mine who are also pastors and, um, long story short, the, the simple question of how are you doing? Like started with me saying, I'm doing really well. And then suddenly like 15 minutes later, I'm like, you guys are counseling me right now. Like what just happened? You know, <laughs> and it was like stuff came out that I didn't know was there. And that was through a question. I, so mm. like how much more powerful I could see that being with like things people didn't have a voice to didn't have words to coming out through creative expression and going, well, I didn't realize I was feeling that even, you know, because yeah. I didn't have a name to it or whatever, or because I was pushing it down for so long. Yeah. So it's become less muddy. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that it's getting in touch also with something we're designed for, uh, made in the image of the creator. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we get to explore that side of us that many of us suppress because we're told we're not creative or mm. we're told creativity looks a certain way. Yeah. And so giving this space for people to image their creator. just about self-care and um, just taking care of yourself and and I want to I want to just dive into that a little bit more because I think um, especially in church culture or within the church um, you know we're always told and communicated um, that we're to serve others right and so uh, which is true we are called to be on mission right as the people of God to express who God is and what he has done, be a visible uh, representation and expression of God's love and grace towards us, uh, to our neighbor, right? And so, but oftentimes that gets filtered into ju- to doing, right? And so part of your serving, like when your story, when you said uh, serving a lot of times can just be numbing, right? It can just be an outward expression. You just don't want to deal with what's going on in you. And so you just busy yourself with serving everybody else. Mm. Um, And so on the outside, especially in Christian culture, you could be seen as or looked up to as this amazing godly person, right? Like, man, they are doing everything well. Mm. Like when I think of someone who serves others and is a visible expression of who God is, this person is that, you know, because this they do this and they do this and they love people well, but inside they're hurting and they just they're numbing. They have no idea who they are or what's going on inside of them. So just to kind of bring that back full circle, like how we may be able to do that outwardly, but it's not healthy, right? It's not healthy because sooner or later you're just going to get exhausted and it's end up, you're probably going to end up causing a lot of people some pain and some Mm. hurt with how you express, um, that pain when it starts to come up um so we do need to pay attention to ourselves and and some self-care so how do we how do we do that like what are some practical how do we take care of ourselves so (laughs) we know so we're not serving out of just a 
a bad place or yeah. just with the wrong motives? Well, that is the question right now, mm. not just because of pain in life, but like COVID has made that really crazy for most people now, right? Like, mm -hmm. I yeah. don't know. I feel like I'm reevaluating yeah. that like every month. Like, yeah. wait, how do I figure myself again? Um, but I think you're right. Like the, I think first it's about assessing like what, what do I need and how do I know I need anything? <laughs> And sometimes we're not good at even asking that question. Like, am I, am I, am I overwhelmed? Do I need space? Like, um, so I think there's some signals that come up that we can start to pay attention to that can tell us if we need to take more space for ourselves and then kind of look at what we need based off of like what's coming up. Right. So like if we find ourselves jumping to opportunity and yet maybe randomly losing our crap on people, <laughs> like yelling at people or um, maybe at home, like we get a little bit more sloppy with attitude or um, we're just kind of I like to say it's it's coming out sideways. Right. Like, have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> This is true in my home too. So <laughs> this is one of my signals, right? If I get snappy, I'm like, oh, there's, I'm not okay, right? Like yeah. there's something going on in me. This is not my usual tone. This is not my usual way. I'm glad I'm not like, alone with that. No, there are these little hissy fits we throw, right? Yeah. Like these little like, you totally. know? So that's a really good signal. If there's something that's coming out of you that's not your usual you, you may need some self-care, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um also, if you're having um, trouble sleeping, trouble paying attention, mm. um, trouble resting, trouble just like taking a minute to like breathe, yeah. you feel like you have to keep going or you, you don't know what's going to happen. That's that anxiety, right? Coming up and running um, your system. That may be a signal of like, oh, maybe I'm not okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I need something. You know, other examples might be um, of signals that show us we're not okay is like maybe a slow or quick increase in numbing. So like mm. all of a sudden I'm binging three days in a row, Netflix, whatever, you mm -hmm. know, even just recognizing like, wow, this is a different behavior. Yeah. Um, or I'm slowly starting to drink more. Yeah. I'm slowly starting to hide more. I'm not talking as much to people. Um, I'm dreaming about just being away all the time instead of being present. Mm. Um, just not being able to be in the present with people. And so I think even identifying that helps us go, okay, what's the next question? How do I take care of myself now? Now that I know that I'm not, I'm not doing well. Um, what helps me? And each person is so different. Yeah. Those are my, um, default. Like that's, that's when I know I'm not in a good place or I'm getting unhealthy is the escapism or the numbing. Yeah. And so whether it's going to like food for comfort mm, or, yeah. or drinking a little more than normal or Netflix binging, like that's you nailed it right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, one time it's just like, oh, I don't feel like thinking about this. I'm going to watch a show, you know, like, right. Okay. But then when you start to notice like this pattern, <laughs> Yeah. Like, and it does sneak up on you, like you said. And so it can be really difficult to point that out. And I think sometimes it's helpful when like 
someone else calls you out on it. You know, like my wife can start to go, hey. So I think community is super helpful with that too. Totally. What I've been doing recently is drawing a lot more. Speaking of art therapy, awesome. I haven't drawn in forever. Wow. Um, but that's what, when I notice, like, I want to go, like, like, I just want to, like, shut off what I'm doing or what I have to do. And, like, let's put on a show. Uh, what I've done is go, give myself permission to go, okay, maybe I can take a break from what I, quote, unquote, have to do. But instead of going to this thing where I just check out and numb myself. Uh, let's do something creative or expressive or something that I find joy in that I don't get to do that often. Yeah. Um, that is actually producing something. And so that's why mm. I started drawing again recently. And I'm not that great at it because it's been a long time. But I'm like, I I really enjoy this. This is like therapeutic for me, you know, and it calms me. I start thinking more freely. Mm. And so when like I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm, things are kind of cloudy. Like suddenly I'm doing something and my hands busy and my mind's at work. And then like, I can start really reflecting on what's yeah. going on underneath that way. Mm. So for me, that's worked um, for someone else who maybe isn't going to like, I'm not going to pick up a pencil and start drawing or, you know, maybe doesn't know where to start. Maybe mm. they would, but like, they've never done that before. Yeah. Um, someone who's listening is like, I don't know where to start for that self care. What are some like, Everyone is different, but what are some like good practical places to start for people? Yeah. So art might not be your jam. It, you still may want to try something. Um, and that's totally, uh, there's a lot of beginner options. Um, but I like to think of there's like moving your body mm. is a really helpful way to take a break. So whether that's like taking a walk, which can be around your living room, like <laughs> in the heat of this place, um, <laughs> the torturous heat. Um, it could be, um, listening to music to help calm your mind or to refocus your mind. Yeah. But I think of like, there's a few different areas. There's ways to calm yourself and there's ways to activate, like create energy. Yeah. Um, and both of those are really helpful for if you're needing to figure out what to do to help yourself think through things or to reflect. Mm. Um, so if you're kind of going numb, and going into like, it can be help to move, helpful to move. So yeah. like drawing or walking or yeah. taking a ride on your bike or stretching, um, something movement oriented can be really helpful. Coloring, yeah. um, moving can help us shift. Yeah. Um, sometimes people, people talk a lot about breathing and sometimes if you're too anxious, breathing can be really hard to begin mm -hmm. and people can overthink their breathing and it can create even more anxiety. <laughs> Unfortunately, breathing can be really easy for some people. So taking deep breaths through your nose and out your mouth, slowing it down. So taking 
counting to three, breathing in really slowly and counting to four, breathing out really slowly. And then increasing that time can be really helpful. But again, if your anxiety is too high, breathing is going to be harder. And so something that I love to do with people and I do for myself is grounding through your senses. Mm. So it's kind of bringing your, your whole system back to now. So if you're anxious and you're like, I'm not here. I'm thinking about all the worries of the future or all the things in the past. And my mind is just going and I don't know how to come back to here. Mm -hmm. Um, You could take a walk, but you might just need to wiggle your toes Mm. and notice that they're there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then kind of maybe feel around you, feel all the textures around you Mm -hmm. and kind of notice what's there. Um, And then maybe even look around you and check out a specific color, like find five things that are blue. And kind of help yourself come back to now with your senses. Um, so I, I watched this movie, Honey Boy. Have you guys heard of that? No. It's uh, Shia LaBeouf's life story. Oh, wow. So oh. he wrote it and uh, he played his dad in it. But there's a scene where the person playing him uh, was in like this kind of rehab, I guess, facility. Uh, and, and he's getting angry and kind of like flustered and that was like one of the things they had him do was like call out five things in the room that um that he sees or whatever mm-hmm. or five things that start with a certain letter or something like that yeah and i was like oh that's really interesting what is that you know and so i'm just putting that together now like what you said like it's just like okay be present where you are yeah come back to now yeah and that's what grounding is and mindfulness is is like being here mm-hmm. not being in the past not being in the future being yeah. here right now yeah Cause here's pretty safe. Yeah. And so you're kind of proving to yourself, proving to your mind, proving to your body that right now in this room, you're okay. Mm. Um, a lot of what you're saying, like to me just sounds like be human. Yeah. <laughs> like totally. in this body that God has gifted us, uh, all these senses <sighs> he's created. Yeah. All of all the world around us, the creation he's, he's put around us. Like, Yeah to be present in that and be human come back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of my anxiety comes from forgetting (laughs) I'm a human, you know, trying to be something I'm not, or trying to carry something I'm not meant to carry. Um, being in this like made up future that like you're talking about, right. Not being present in the now. So I'm often in this made up future that I'm worried about that hasn't even come yet. Yeah. And so just being, a human being that God's designed me to be with the senses he's given me in this time and space that he's placed me in. Yeah. Reminding yourself like, okay, this is where I'm at. Totally. For me, for me, as you were talking about that, it kind of reminds me just of, of taking Sabbath, Mm. like just taking a step back, being present and resting in who God is. And Mm. like you are present now. He is present here with you. Yeah. Take a step back. Don't worry about everything going on around you. Pay attention to now. You know, like recognize, again, recognize who he's created you to be, how he's created you, and all of your senses and all of those gifts. Mm. And recognize those things. And then give glory to him for those things. I'm I'm good right now. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I saw five blue things, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's comfortable. The temperature's comfortable in here. Mm. 
you know, like I love this couch that I'm sitting on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, God, you're good. Yeah. 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 You got me. If we're not in the now, if we're like in anxiety, we're actually surviving. So we're in this other part of our brain mm. that is surviving the moment mm. <laughs> instead of being in the moment. And so when we come back with all of our senses to now, we can have gratitude. Mm-hmm. We can link to those resources of faith mm-hmm. and scripture and things that friends have said to us that are true about us. Mm-hmm. We can reflect. But if we're if we are surviving, we can't reflect. So that's really good to know about each other too. Cause like, you know, if I'm mad, if my husband's mad, we can't have a really good conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> about now yeah. we need to calm. We need to take care of ourselves, take care of each other in that and go, okay, we can't have this. We can't have this conversation. We can't reflect about this until we're both mm-hmm. calm. The next time an elder meeting goes sideways, I'm going to look at you, Anthony, and say, name five blue things in the room. That's going to be my cue. I'm not in a good place. You're like, oh, all right. An elder, an elder meeting has not gone sideways, by the way, <laughs> to this so. point. <laughs> but, yeah. Good tools. Yeah. Well, and even with kids, right? Yeah. Like knowing like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. my kid can't, if I'm asking him to do something or them to, to think about something, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not well, possible that, unless you're calm. Yeah. So my youngest, um, he, he's learning how to control emotions, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things I do with him is I just hold him. You know, when, yeah. when he's getting really kind of overworked with his anger. Yeah. Um, or, or feeling a lot of times he feels like he feels like people are disappointed in him and that gets him angry. Yeah. Uh, and so, and sometimes he's so angry, like he shakes, right? Mm. So I, I just grab him and I hold him like really tight. Yeah. We just sit there for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that it was an intuitive thing, you know, but the more I hear you talk, it's like, it's this like reminder of like, Hey, we're right here. We're present. I'm with you. I've yeah. got you. You're safe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a reset, you know, like, yeah, it allows him to calm down and then we can talk. I can't talk to him before that. Um, because he's so just stirred up and, and I think really he's anxious. Yeah. Um, that anything I try to talk to him about, like it, it just doesn't really compute. And so we, I do that for a moment and then I can start talking with him and I can ask him questions and he can yeah, think through it. So, so if we're anxious, right. If we are like riled up, frustrated, anxious, overthinking, overwhelmed, we can't have a sweet conversation with God. We can't mm. have a sweet conversation with ourselves. Right. We're like, yeah. Spinning. And so we have to somehow come back to ourselves before we can have that conversation. And that's why I didn't necessarily say, let's do art first. Cause mm. maybe, maybe you can't, right? Right, <laughs> like, right. maybe you actually need to come back to yourself in the room first. And that's an important thing to recognize. Like, yeah, I'm not here. Okay. How do I get back here? Mm. Where's my body? Mm. Where's my brain? How do you like, what, um, how do you help other people get there? Like, I, I mean, I know you, yeah. you, you talked about like, um, you know, like you maybe with clients, you're like, all right, we won't start here. We'll start over here. But like when it comes to like a spouse or your kid or a friend or somebody, you know, like, and they're anxious and they're like snappy. Right. You, I feel like for me to be like, Hey, name five things. And then I start with B <laughs> like, I that would, could be I would, weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I would get some cuss words or like, totally. you know, 
know, a punch to the face or something, you know, like it, I feel like it would <laughs> he be. He looked at me when he said that. Like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, like, so yeah. like, how do you, if someone's not in a good place, how do you, how do you help them get to that be present place? Yeah. yeah. It's um, not always easy, but I think even being able to recognize like we can't have a conversation is really helpful because you can say, you know what? I don't know if right now is a good time. Maybe you could take a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So you're encouraging yourself to have space from them, them to have space from you. And then maybe they can recognize, oh, I need to like calm down. Mm -hmm. So they may not be able to take any tools from you. Um, (laughs) Or maybe you can say like, hey, why don't you go listen to some music or like take Mm -hmm. five minutes, 10 minutes in your room and relax for a minute. Right. But if you have more of a relationship, you might be able to talk through some of what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you need to move your body. Like, do you need to run? Do you have a lot of energy in your body? Do you need to move it to get it out? Um, Or do you need to relax? Do you feel overwhelmed and you want to relax? So that's a good question. If you have a kid Mm -hmm. or a spouse um, to ask that or a friend, Mm -hmm. be like, hey, what's, is there too much energy or is there too many thoughts? Mm-hmm. So the energy might need to like we might need to stretch, we might need to walk around, we might need to move. Mm-hmm. Um the thoughts, we need to do something to calm mm-hmm. the thoughts. So mm-hmm. does that help? Yeah, because even going back to my example, I don't I don't know if we were recording at the time, but going to my example of uh when I snapped at my wife when she asked uh if I had used one of our good towels to wash my truck with. And I just kind of snapped at her and we were like, what the, well, what the heck towel am I supposed to use then? You know, like, uh, she immediately recognized like you, that's not a normal reaction for you. And so she automatically went to, Hey, are you, do you need some alone time? Yeah. Right. So for me, since we have that relationship, right. She knows what calms me down or what I might need in that moment. And as soon as she said that I knew immediately, I'm not in a good place. You know, like if my wife tells me that, I, I snapped or, or just, or I withdrew and I'm not present. That's usually a good question for me. Like you need to reflect on where you're at because you're not here or you're not in a healthy place. that so after we calm especially as adults and young adults and teenagers like we do need space for reflection but sometimes we don't know how to reflect Mm -hmm. and so you know the first need is to come back to ourselves and then we can do some more of that digging right Mm -hmm. of like what is that what's that about yeah (laughs) and to have the safe space to even ask those questions is really important but also tools, right? Like some people don't like journaling, so they're not going to journal and that's okay. Yeah. Um, some people, that's their main way. Um, but a lot of people think, well, I just need time alone. And they just take in things like music or podcasts mm. or reading, but that doesn't really, um, that's not really reflection. Reflection mm. needs to be expressed. Um, we need to like actually be able to say like, oh, this is where I'm at mm-hmm. and this is why. And I need to figure out where I'm at and why. 
Um, and so that can That's be good. through art. Yeah. And so if you hear people saying, yeah, I took some time to process or reflect and you're like, what did you do to like help yourself do that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I read a book. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what else? You know, like, or, oh, I listened to music. Well, that's great. That might help you calm. Mm-hmm. But then like, how are you actually getting some of what you have to say out? Yeah. How are you expressing your heart yeah. to mm-hmm. God, to others, to yourself? And so art is a great way to even go, okay, what are my emotions right now? And you can be messy with them, right? Like yeah. you can paint and make a mess and it not look pretty. And, and that counts. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's amazing. Like it doesn't have to be something you show anybody. You can rip it up right. afterwards. You can journal, you can scream journal where you like hold the marker, with your mm-hmm. fist and you know, you can do all kinds of things to like really get out what you need to, but having that space to actually say something mm-hmm. is really important. Thank you for that distinction. Cause I think, yeah. I think we miss that a lot of times. We just, I, I love that distinction of taking in versus processing outward, you mm-hmm. know, like, or expressing. Yeah. And I, and I love that. Like it can look so different for different people. I used to be someone who journaled a lot. I just don't anymore. I don't know why uh, it doesn't do anything for me right now in this yeah. stage of my life. Uh, and that's okay. Like, drawing right now does you know and so that's cool like um just sitting down playing guitar like i i don't know what song i'm playing i'm just going to strum some chords and it doesn't have to turn into anything you know but that for some reason at this stage in my life has been more expressive than writing words out um and maybe because i at the time that i was journaling that was helpful i wasn't using words in my everyday profession (laughs) Um, and so yeah. now it's like, that's work for mm. me to sit down and, and write. Right. So doing something outside of that norm ha- is more self-care for me. Yeah. But I think every person's different and finding those different, um, practices that work for you, as long as it's a way to express. What you just said made me think of just the concept of how our needs change in different seasons. So how... <laughs> How you reflected last year may not work for you this year. How you reflected pre-COVID may not work for COVID. Right. That's okay. Like that's part of us being human and growing and learning about like, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. Do you want to just let people know maybe a little bit about your practice you're setting up? and It's very exciting. Yeah. So we're starting the well, um, a place for healing in downtown Mesa coming January, 2021. Um, And Britt and I have both, we're both working in private practice right now, but private practice is expensive. Mm. Um, And there's a lot of people who can't afford it. Mm. And this is just true about the gaps in services in our city and nation. (laughs) It's just everywhere. The need is great. Um, I worked in an an agency before, a social service agency, and um, there's so many barriers to getting enough support or the right type of support even in that environment, even though it may be really cheap or free, um, either you can't get in enough, there's not a good fit with a counselor, and then you have to wait forever to get a different fit, and that mm-hmm. may not work, or you're not being able to be seen as often. So our goal for The Well is really to provide highly qualified trauma professionals um, who we're focused on trauma um, to people who can't pay a lot. 
But we will be seeing people for a higher rate and using the funds like a unique pay structure to fund a low client Mm. fund. So we can see more low fee clients. Yeah. So we have a unique pay structure that will allow us to see more people that can't afford our normal rate. And that's really exciting to us to be able to kind of be that purposeful and intentional and even refer people to other counselors creating a network where we can refer people in different parts of the Valley to do the same. Mm. So that's our goal. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing just your, your story, your wealth of knowledge and experiences and um, just practical insight. I think it will be super helpful for, I know it's helpful for me. I think it will be helpful for people listening as well. So we're glad that you joined us today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode as we kind of explore the mental health aspect and effects of the season. Join us next week as we continue to process through that and talk about real life issues today's society.